What happens after we die? Today on Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, Pastor Rick continues his series, Eternal Realities, Heaven and Hell. In these lessons, Rick shares what the Bible says about heaven and hell and how you can be absolutely certain you're going to heaven. This September, when you join our Partner in Hope family by signing up for automated monthly giving, we'll send you a special welcome gift as our way of saying thanks. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called The Reality of Heaven. Now, the truth is a lot of times we're just not too excited about heaven. I mean, we're much more interested in earth than we are about heaven. And really, that's too bad because we have been sold a bill of goods about heaven. The fact is the reason we don't get excited about heaven is we have a faulty image of it. We don't realize how cool, how exciting, how incredible, how so much better than earth it's going to be. I like earth. Do you like earth? I I like earth. I love the sunsets. I love the sky. I love the water. I love the weather. Shoot, we live in California. I mean, come on. Uh, You know, my idea of winter is I put on socks. This is an incredible place. We, We live in paradise. And I like this place a lot in spite of the fact that it's broken, that nothing actually works the way it ought to work. No relationship is perfect. Uh, no body is perfect, except mine. Uh, no, uh, you know, no weather is perfect. Nothing is perfect on this planet because sin has broken the planet. But this is all we know, so we can't understand how cool heaven really is. And as I said, most of our ideas are, are warped because they came from Hollywood. Now, let me just say it again. I've told you many times, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be all white. You're not going to have wings. You're not gonna be an angel. You're not gonna be a little chubby cherub. You're not gonna wear a white robe. You're not gonna float on clouds and you're not gonna play a harp. As I've told you many times to me, that would be hell. I can't think of anything more boring than to be in a colorless place having to play a harp. Uh, Oh, just, uh, that would make me not wanna go to heaven. So tonight we're gonna look at the real thing. And honestly, there's so much material I'm going to hit you with a ton of verses that uh, I can't even cover it all. There's so much, and sometime we'll come back and just do a series on this. Now, notice there on your outline, the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Circle that, the realities of heaven. Not, Not what... Hollywood gives you, not the bill of goods that you've seen by artists and uh, what people have tried to think up. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's hand in the place of honor and power. Now in this weekend, we're gonna look at the realities of heaven and specifically we're gonna look at these five questions. Um, What is heaven? Uh, Where is it? What is heaven like? How do we get into it? And uh, what should we do if we're going to heaven? So let's just get right into it. We've got a lot of material to cover. First, what is heaven? Well, the Bible tells us three things. Number one, it's where God lives and rules. It is where God lives and rules. 
Through the Bible, it's called the dwelling place of God, the house of God. It's, it's, it's called the city of God. 31 times Jesus calls it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, actually. He calls it the kingdom of heaven because it's where God not only lives, but he rules. And the Bible says in Psalm 123, verse one, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven where you rule. It's where God lives and rules. Number two, it is a real place. Now we talked about this last week, but let me just cover it again. It's not a state of mind. It's not a state of being. It's not some disembodied condition where you're gonna float around without a body. It's not nirvana. It's not nothingness. It's not a dreamlike state. It's not something intangible and ethereal. It's not a feeling. It is a real place. In fact, the Bible says that in heaven there are streets, there are trees, there is water, uh, there are homes. Uh, it, it uses a lot, and it, it hints, and, and in all likelihood, there's going to be animals there. Uh, there are uh, many scriptures uh, that, that allude to the fact that animals will be there. It is a physical place, and you will have a physical body. It's not just some kind of floating around in outer space, which sounds pretty boring to me. Uh, Jesus said this up here on the screen in uh, John 14, 2. He said, there are many rooms in my father's home, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. If this were not so, notice he says, I'm going to prepare a place, not a state of being, a place. If this were not so, I'd tell you plainly, heaven is a real place. It's not a state of mind. And in fact, notice there on your outline, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then he tells us this, where moths or rust can't destroy it, you know, moths eat away clothes and rust destroys away metal, uh, and where thieves can't break in and steal it. Now, if heaven were just a, a state of mind, a being, a, a consciousness, you couldn't store anything up there. But he says you can store up treasure in heaven. Now we're gonna come back to that because he says it about five times in the New Testament. But it's where God lives and it's a real place. And number three, this is the, the cool thing, heaven was designed for us. It was designed for you and for me. Specifically designed for us. This is such an amazing thing that God not only designed the earth for us, so we could live and it could sustain life, but he also designed heaven for us. Not for himself, but for us. Notice the Bible says, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. I mean something I've been planning to give my kids. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for who? You, circle the word you. Heaven was prepared for you and it was prepared for you from the foundation or the creation of the world. We talked about this last week. Uh, when God started thinking up earth, he also started thinking up heaven because we're not meant to live here. This is not all there is. And if the only thing you get this week is, is this, that there's more to life than here and now, there's more to life than just this life. You're gonna spend, how many times have I said this? 80 years on this planet. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but that's about it. And really that's a good thing because you don't wanna live in an imperfect place forever, you wanna live in a perfect place forever. 
So you're gonna spend 80 at the most, 100 years here on the earth. You're gonna spend trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions, gazillion, gazillions. I'm gonna make up a word someday for the infinity, to infinity and beyond, you're gonna live in eternity. And God says, I designed it for you. Now friends, this is such an amazing expression of the love of God. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Would you like to go deeper with Pastor Rick to discover God's purpose for your life? Well, now you can with a DVD study kit called What on Earth Am I Here For? This life-changing study is taught by Pastor Rick and includes a workbook and six-session DVD. As you go through the lessons, you'll embark on a journey of discovery to answer life's most fundamental question, what on earth am I here for? You'll learn that it's only in God that we discover our origin, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and our destiny. Every other path leads to a dead end. This resource is packed with biblically-centered principles and is perfect for personal or small group study. We'll send it to you today as our way of saying thanks for your gift to help Daily Hope take the gospel to people everywhere. Find out why God put you on the planet with the What on Earth Am I Here For DVD study kit from Pastor Rick Warren. Just go to PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 to get your very own What on Earth Am I Here For study kit. And if you choose to become a partner in Hope with automated monthly giving, we'll also send you a very special welcome gift to show our appreciation. That's PastorRick.com or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so very much. Once again, here's Rick. The Bible tells us that God created the entire universe because he wanted a family. He wanted a family. And he wanted a family that would live with him forever. Now, he wasn't lonely. God has never been lonely because God is fulfilled in himself and he's in relationship to himself because God is love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he wasn't lonely, but he said, I want to express my love by creating human beings. I'm going to make them in my image. They're not gods. You're never going to be a god. You're going to be a human. You're not going to be a god in heaven. You're not going to be an angel in heaven. You're going to be a human being in heaven. But God said, I wanted to make these human beings so that I could adopt them into my family. Look at some verses here on the screen. Ephesians 1.5, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. You were planned for God's pleasure. We talk about that in the Purpose Driven Life book, that God said, I want you to be a part of my family. Now, there's a word for God's family. Look at this next verse. It's um, 1 Timothy 3.15, and it says there, God's family is the church. God's family is the church. We are, the church is the only thing that's going to last God's family is the only thing that's going to last. One day, this earth's going to burn up. And the only thing that's going to last is people who are part of God's family, who've chosen to be a part of his family in faith and in obedience. 
Now the Bible says this here on the screen, 1 Peter 1, 4. God has reserved a priceless inheritance, that's heaven, for his children. And it is kept in heaven for you, all the things he's got planned for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. So what is heaven? It's a place that he's preparing for his family. Oh, and by the way, another analogy in scripture, the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. And it's like he's saying, I'm preparing this place for my bride. I wanna give her the best. And he says, my family and my bride, he said, this is what I'm preparing for you to spend eternity with me forever. And the Bible says this up on the screen. This is God's purpose that when the time is ripe, he will gather us all together from wherever we are in heaven, those who've already died, or on earth, those who haven't died yet, to be with him in Christ forever. Now notice it says forever. You've heard me say this before. You were made to last forever. That's why you're made in God's image. And the implications is you're gonna last forever one of two places, heaven or hell. And as we talked about last week, you get to choose which door you're gonna go out, my way or God's way, Jesus' way. Jesus said, I am the way. Hebrews 13, 14 says, for this world, let's read this verse together. For this world is not our home. We are looking forward to our city in heaven which is yet to come. You see, once you become a part of God's family, there's a whole lot more to life than just here and now. And really, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. I think every believer should be given a green card. Because this is not your ultimate citizenship. Your ultimate citizenship, you're only here on earth, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. God says your ultimate home is in heaven. Now that's what heaven is. It's a real place, it's where God lives, and it was designed for us. Now the question then is, where is heaven? And the answer is, we don't know. All we know is this, you can write this down, it's out of this world, okay? We know that, it's out of this world. We definitely know that it is not on earth. Heaven is not a place on earth, regardless of what the songs say. Heaven is not a place on earth, it is out of this world. And that's why the Bible says in many places, like Psalm 52, 53 verse two, God looks down from heaven, it says, at people on earth to see if there are any who are wise and who worship him. Now, while we don't know the location of heaven, it's a specific place, we don't know the location, but we do know the way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And the Bible says this up here on the screen, Romans 3. God has shown us a different way to heaven. Not by being good enough, which none of us can be good enough to get into a perfect heaven, and trying to keep his laws, but by a new way promised in scriptures a long time ago. Okay, so. What is heaven like? Now this is the one we really wanna know the answer to. And the Bible says that heaven is a mystery. It is a mystery and part of it is we just don't have the mental capacity 
to understand other dimensions when we live in a three-dimensional world. We live on a planet that rotates around the sun and has a 24-hour you know, rotation, and so we have a concept of time. If you weren't living on this planet, you wouldn't have the same concept of time that you do as you do in space. Now, the Bible says this in Job chapter 11. Can you understand the mysteries surrounding God Almighty? They are higher than the heavens and deeper than the grave. So what can you do when you know so little and these mysteries outreach the earth and the ocean? When I was a little boy, uh, we lived in Northern California and one time we took a family vacation into Southern California and my dad was trying to explain to me what Disneyland was gonna be like. What a waste of time. You can't understand Disneyland until you go. And when you get there, you're going, whoa, the very first time. Now, the hundredth time you're going, it's a small world after all, you know. But the first time you go and you're a little kid, you're going, this is heaven. And, and no matter how well my dad tried to describe it, he could not con uh, you know, communicate to me how cool Disneyland was going to be. There are some experiences in life that are simply indescribable. You just can't describe it, describe. I mean, the, uh, when my wife has tried to describe to me the feeling she felt when she saw her three children for the very first time, the second after they were born. Uh, you know, I had my own feeling as a dad, I was there, but she had a different feeling having carried those babies inside of her. That is an indescribable feeling. And there are some things in life you simply have to experience. And, and all the art and all the songs and all of the writing and poetry and everything uh, can't, can't describe what heaven's really like because the truth is there's really nothing on earth to compare heaven to. We are a poor carbon copy, a, a Xerox. We're an, an imitation of something much, much greater, more fulfilling, more beautiful, more exciting. And the Bible tells us this there in 1 Corinthians 2. No eye has ever seen and no ear has heard and no mind has, has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, over the last couple of years, we've all experienced worldwide changes and events that have impacted us in profound and sometimes unimaginable ways. For many of us, those changes will impact our lives for years to come. Pastor Rick believes that now more than ever, people need God's Word and the hope that it brings. That's why he's asked us to invite you to become a partner in hope. It's so easy to join. You simply let us know how much you'd like to give each month, and we'll set up an easy, regular donation plan for you. But please know, 
that if for any reason you're not able to help financially at this time, we absolutely get that. In fact, the most important way you can help Daily Hope is to pray for us. And we'll pray for you. If you can give at this time, please know that your sustained monthly support will help us to continue broadcasting the life-transforming message of the gospel on radio, TV, podcast, the Daily Hope app, and across the internet. If you choose to become a partner in hope with automated monthly giving, we'll also send you a very special welcome gift to show our appreciation. Go to PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 to become a partner in hope. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Here's Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Hey, friends, did you know that in just one nation, Uganda, there are over a million people living in very harsh conditions in refugee camps? Now, this radio broadcast of Daily Hope is actually being broadcast into the camps three times a day taking hope into a hopeless situation. Because of your generosity, the Daily Hope teaching is bringing hope to the people in all of these refugee camps. Now, today, I just want to share one testimony, one letter from just one of the camps. Here's what it says. My name is Ismail, and I'm living in a refugee settlement, and I have nowhere to pray But I do have your daily broadcast that has helped me to trust in God because it tells us that by trusting Jesus, you become unshakable. I'm going to encourage other members in our community, in this refugee camp, to continue giving their problems to Jesus Christ through their prayers because it is through prayer that God can turn a challenging situation into the greatest comeback as you taught in a recent series. Ismail, I want you to know that I'm praying for you in the difficult situation you are in in that refugee camp, but I'm also praying that you will be able to be used by God to reach all of the people in that community with the message of good news and hope of God's love. And Ismail, I want to say to you, God is using you, my friend. God bless you. There are so many people in the world, friends, who have been forced to leave their homes. And many of them are suffering in very harsh conditions in refugee camps around the world. There are more people in refugee camps right now than in any other time in history. Would you join me in praying that these folks in the toughest of tough situations will find their hope in Jesus Christ? And more than that, that they will find new homes or be able to return to their former homes because God loves them and God cares for them and we must too. I want to thank you, friends, for faithfully loving the least and the last and the lost and the brokenhearted around the world. Help me share the good news of Jesus Christ, the daily hope with people in hopeless situations like the refugee camps of the world. Your gifts make the difference. Thank you. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.